to the highest point of humility is a key to the kingdom of God. And the reason why we celebrate that is I believe that the, that the keys and principles of the kingdom of God, which means to be a follower of Jesus, can only be understood in the place of humility, that the place of cleaning our hearts, the place of putting in humility before the world as we make us more like Jesus here, and even in humility, and that's in the context of what it means to be followed, we need to come up first to you. We still rest to Christ and we return to our friends and we put our hope and our trust and we put our lives into the hands of Jesus. That's what humility is. So even becoming a Christian, this idea of walking in the kingdom of God takes humility. We talked about someone who needs to submit to God and they're teachable. They have a bond in humility. How do you speak to God? How to walk in honor and unity and to be realistic? How it has to be called to serve by Jesus. All of these kingdom principles are found in walking in humility. It's godly, biblical humility. We talked about the sin is rooted in Christ. At the very beginning, when the inmate is teaching Adam and Eve, what he was saying is basically, you can be a better God than them. You take control of your life, recalling the question, God's goodness, God's promises, and so that you can do a better job of being God than God in this. He was not only working on this was a problem, no matter the all puts you in all humanity to have this problem. That we take ownership, we take the driver's seat, and we need God. So I believe that every sin is, is, is rooted in Christ. Even the enemy himself was tossed out of heaven. He was one of the angels. Constantly worried about what others are thinking about you 
and it may have to be the way to the place to instantly stretch that into I'm not talking about something we have to do with the but putting it something down to me. Regularly saying that you can't do something to This is not the obvious thing that you can't do, but it's rooted in the place of not taking godly risk. I can't do that. We don't take godly risk for opportunities because of fear. Internally comparing ourselves to others and then feeling defeated because we're not like them, we're not like them, we're not spiritual like them, we're not whatever we're doing. It's also not asking for help or assistance. You know, not your neighbor. The people that have a hard time asking for help when we feel like we need help in an area, we feel like maybe we need it, so we don't ask for help. We have a hard time receiving. Yes, whatever. You know anybody like that? Maybe it's you. Or you reject receiving. No, I mean, no, I really can't. And God might be tempted to them to give to you, and you might be stealing their blessing. But sometimes we, when we have a hard time receiving, that can be that false humility. Expanding for the wrong reasons to be accepted, to be related. This can, this can play out in being a work of art. But I'm not talking about making it all being a hard worker for the glory of God, but a work of art, and that's where you get your identity. In other words, pretending you know something that you don't. Because you don't want to just the fear of looking stupid, the fear of not knowing something, trying to constantly impress the outward conformity or peer pressure, waiting to look a certain way or look a certain thing. And that's something that was full of fear after my mom and dad was still going through last Sunday with us. And we talked about it and we did and we were reminded of something that happened in the eyes of that from day to day. And it's this whole idea that you can talk to our with a fear question and the day when was wearing the right thing. And um, it's, you know, it, it's funny because people who rejected that idea of school uniforms when you all wanted to dress the thing. And we all have school uniforms anyway. And if you guys are child of the 80s, you remember the attitude too. Come on now. Not a day, but it's going to be a little bit of a problem. I'm still in the past, and you're not playing quite well, right? This is a thing of jazz, and so you wanted that, and in fact, and in my fault, and in one of the providers, we couldn't afford it, and we had to things, and I'm bugging my mom, and you know, I'm going to get to you, and you know, because people are like you, if you have a lot of years when you're wearing these things. I never did, but I don't know what to do. But anybody else ever told you to figure that out? I mean, 
Look at what Paul said, Galatians, we're obviously not trying to win your pleasing people, but if God is pleasing people with my goal, I would not be Christ for you. I live to please God. I live for the approval of God. That's number one. We live for the approval of God. That's people please. Number two, how do we die? We have a confidence in who we are in Christ. Bodily confidence, not arrogance. So this is an identity. It's my identity is in him. I'm encouraged to somebody to go to Bible study. Just to go through the scriptures where it is said that the promises of God who we are in Christ. And finally, the Bible. I can do no list, but I'm encouraged to go to the scriptures and it says, this is who I am in Christ. And you can confidence not arrogance, but who I am in Jesus. And my duty is important in what I do. Not my accomplishments. My accomplishments don't give me value. I do things for the glory of God. It's not my gift or my talents. It's not my position. It's not what I know. It's in Christ. That's why Paul said that he that is in Christ is a new creation. And this the idea of being in Christ, and you'll see that phrase over and over in the New Testament, being in Christ, walking in Christ, because you are in, in Christ, not outside of Christ, but in Him and through Him. It's just a really relationship with Him that He tells me you want to do. So my validation of God is in Christ to learn to God. God's in His Father. And in that, and then I belong to Jesus to the gift of salvation that all I ever have is God. He's enough for me. He loves me. He's accepted me into his family. And we are followers of Jesus. We give him a lot to Christ. He's accepted me into his family. He's adopted me and chosen me. That's why I do what I do. Philippians 3 for the Antiphon. For me, Christians are of the true circumstances. Again, I'm speaking to them of the flesh, but of the heart. Who live to God as spirit and life through God and exalt His glory and pride ourselves in Jesus Christ. We put no confidence and dependence on what we often get and outward privileges, physical advantages, and external appearances. Because of this, we can reject all humility. 
and then we admit our weakness. This is where the church has to lead the way. You you need to be a people that we are fully caring on to find. And now, just going up and, 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 and just putting on the mask of having it all figured out and having it all put together, but we are the fellowship of the Philippines who need to be successful. And when the confidence is in Christ, and I have to put it here, I need to be somebody on me. I can just put this out and need Christ and lead Christ together. And I don't have to put Christ looking at it here. But then my heart is Christ on me, and I can just keep putting it off. To be a faithful way to be honest with each other, young people together. Hebrews 4 16 something screaming, but the writer says that we can go with confidence. I love the word. So we can go with confidence to the throne of grace. That we can run to him in confidence. Why? Why can we do that? To through the blood of Jesus, to the righteousness of Christ, because we have to be with someone who can run to him. I can go to him for grace and mercy. And the confidence in him, God, I'm not in front of him, rises with the stuff that I do with. I can be tempted to go to him, and he takes me, cleanses me, and he makes me and he prepares me for the purpose that he has for me. But Paul's progression, you know, Paul has to be matured in the faith. One of the first things that Paul called himself was he said, I'm a true to be a doctor. I'm kind of a fisher pilot, but that's what Paul is saying. And then as he went on, as he was true, he said, I'm the least of the apostles. Then at the end of his life, he said, I'm the chief of criminals. Now, understand, Paul's not fifteen there for pity. I'm the chief of sinners, and I remember that. And these people were like, no, I'm not willing. Thank you. He just didn't do it. Because you grow in maturity with the Lord, if you are walking with the Lord, this truth through my experience of maturity. He, he understood that people are apostles and God's promised it, and the longer I'm walking with Jesus, I think I'm the least of the apostles, the more I walk with Jesus, I think I'm the chief of sinners because I realize my need of Him. That, that's, that's the sign of spiritual maturity is when we understand how much we need Him. I'm going to need Him today, I'm going to need Him tomorrow, I'm going to need Him the next day. I desperately need Jesus. As we got closer to Jesus, we realized we didn't need it. I understood the words of Christ, blessed are the poor in spirit, right? That they will see God, blessed are those who realize their need for Him. And then we can say that we're super sinners, and it's not deeply confidential to don't say that because of how much I need Him. I'm dependent on Him. Lastly, is this the way we battle false humility is truly knowing God's love. Some of us wrestle with the kind of deal, you know, like we hear, well, God loves me because he wants to. And that's just not true. And, and, and you, you might have it mentally, but you don't understand it in a heart and consider ways to go through. It has to go from heaven and all the transformation of knowledge that God truly loves me. False humility, insecurity, it ultimately comes from a place of no true knowing understanding and loneliness. You know, in our own human relationship, there's a level of security when we know that you're loved. 
to my home. I feel like my parents are perfect. My parents are perfect. I know they love you. There's a level of security. And if someone loves you and they truly love you, there's a level of security knowing that you are loved. How much more secure to know and truly understand how much God loves you. So the fear of man becomes the fear of looking to the fear of looking at our cars is standing from the insecurity of not knowing the love of God, knowing nothing, being convinced of it. So then we rest of it, not feeling out of some goodness. Never feeling loved. We don't feel lovable. We feel unworthy. We're being dictated by past pain and guilt. Here's what Paul wrote in warning us to get this. And he says, and how the power understands all God's people so how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. It's without measure. It's without measure. We experience the love of Christ, so it's too great to understand fully. I know that. I'm not going to give it, but you're not going to give it fully. It's so good. It's so amazing. The depth of his love, he just never had a dream to understand it fully because it's that good. Because when you, when you get a little bit real, you will be made complete about the fullness of life and how it comes from the past. So understand that there's something to do for it's what gives us the ability to walk in the fullness of life and power. And, and so Paul's time is the, the fullness of life and walking in the power of God with it in the city of God. And some of the security in that. John writes this, it's one of the profoundest of God's love, first John 4. We know how much God loves us, but we have to put our trust in His love. Do you, do you love Him that way that you can put your trust in His love? God is loving all who live in love, live in God, and God lives in them. And we live in God and love those more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment. Isn't that a good promise? We don't have to go to judgment day. The Bible says that anyone is standing up to the Lord and doesn't come. And when we choose and we receive His love and we receive what Christ has done for us, we can be in that place of confidence. Here's that word again. We can confidently go before Him, knowing that I, would, I put my trust and my hope in this to Because we live in a need to hear this world. Such love has no fear because perfect love is very hard to hear. Don't you love that? It's perfect love. We're afraid it's for fear of punishment, and it shows that we have not fully experienced this perfect love. So when we walk in fear, we walk in pain, we get to the things that is what he's saying, which I'm saying is we have not done a full understanding of his love that changes everything. Because of his love, we can fully trust in him and who he is. As we look at him, his love is perfected greater and greater things. And the end result is the end result of the judgment. We can face him with confidence, not with what we did, but what he did. And then his love comes to fear, the fear of man, the fear of judgment, the fear of not doing enough, the fear of not being enough, the fear that someone's going to do something differently, you know, the fear of that if I don't have the right name or I don't have enough money or whatever the status is, I can spell the fear because I'm walking in the So 
the living on the streets of the world. It was love and good to have to be in the world. He said, this love is greater than my failures, my past, my sin, my hurt. Because of his love, I can protect my faults and a safe place in a safe, safe, safe environment of people that are walking along this journey with me. I could admit that I had it all together and desperately need him because of his love. And you could say, uh, you don't know what I've done. You don't know my past. Maybe I don't, but I know what he's done. Since he was wounded for us in his breath, he was abused for our liberty. The chastisement, the punishment of our peace was upon him. By his cross, we were made. He, he bore our sins, he bore our shame, he bore our sorrow, he bore our guilt upon himself. That's what he did, and because he did that, I can completely walk in his life to come to the world in the past. A past is in peace. This guy, the, 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 this is quite beautiful, and it's the, 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 the very famous thing that is exactly what we're talking about today. He uses the analogy, he says, I like paintings and portraits. And he began saying that. And what he's saying is, I like, I like writing behind paintings and portraits because it's like the real life. You know, I like to hide behind it because it's not in reality. I like to hide behind the Facebook name and put my best picture up there. And again, it says to me, read the part or be the part that I'm being vulnerable and transparent and I like to hide behind it. Not wanting anyone, especially God, to see who I really am. And so the premise behind this book is all about what I've been talking about today. And it's calling us to a place of transparency and vulnerability before the Lord as we run the race together. And we put the eyes on Him. Let's watch the last bit. Let's let the word
Father, we love you so much, and we want to say you would be with us this day, this week. But as we go about our day again, as we go back to school, we are back at work tomorrow, God, that we would walk to the space of walking in our lives, God, God, with us. We love you, and we pray for you, and we call for the glory of the Lord, and we pray for you, Jesus, we pray for you. Amen.